Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Simple Truth Therapy Podcast. My name is Michael Yadow, and today's episode is an interview with Aubrey Coker, who is one of my best therapy friends. Uh, we've known each other from our days in the same cohort. We got our master's degree together, and um, she is the one I keep in contact probably the most um, out of everyone that I met through our class. So I wanted to get her insight on how her journey has been since she got her degree and then her license and trying to get her practice set up and everything. So um, yeah, check it out. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Yeah, so there you go. I, um, um, where do I start? Oh, uh, yeah, I would. I'm sorry? I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist working in the state of Colorado. No, oh, yeah, okay. I was going to actually, um, start with our, our uh, history, our connection, but, uh, <laughs> okay. Like, that works yeah. too. That's fine. We well, so we were in the same cohort uh, for our master's degree, and uh, I don't know why I'm looking down. I should probably be looking at the camera. Um, okay. uh, when I was with Barbara, she was right in front of me, so I could just look right at her. But um. Oh, nice. I wish I could be right in front of you, but alas, <laughs> I am across the Pacific Ocean, yeah. sitting in forty degree weather. <laughs> oh, is it? You don't look dressed for the cold. Oh, well, someone said it was sunny today, so that gave me the opportunity that, you know, I have that appointment after. Sure. So. so 40 degrees is, is is sunny, warm weather for you guys? Um, they consider if the sun is out to be warm weather. <laughs> uh, whether or not the temperature matches that is a completely different story. That's true. Okay. Um, so, yeah, where, where were we? Yeah, so in the same cohort, and I think you're the only one that I kept in um, consistent touch with um, since we graduated. Crying um, to you for I'm sorry? I said that's because I come crying to you for help all the time. <laughs> no, or no. just for I need a feedback that I'm not completely unethical in practice. <laughs> yeah, just a little unethical is fine. Right? <laughs> So yeah, uh, the main thing I wanted to do with this podcast is kind of highlight um, new therapist experience. Because my my experience has been not the best, so I'm I'm really curious about your experience. Uh, have you enjoyed the? So when did we graduate? 2018. So the process of getting licensed, and then after getting licensed, the process of getting into practice. I guess it's been five years. So actually, this I month, guess. yeah, it's been five years. Yeah. Five years. I actually have been telling my clients that when we do intakes, I'm like, so I've been practicing therapy for five years now. So, I mean, I'm no Barbara, but. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So what's your five years been like? Give me a, give me a rundown. Uh, it's been interesting. <laughs> so, you know, Graduating and then going into my first position as an intensive in-home therapist for two vastly different um, organizations was what I uh, correlate what intern doctors go through in the ER. Mm -hmm. um, just because the amount of hours that were devoted to 
um, spending time with my clients and the type of uh, situations I had to address, very trauma forward, um, working closely with the Department of Health, welfare services. Mm-hmm. Um, CAM, well, I worked, you know, we were uh, subcontracted for CAMHD, Child and Adolescent Mental Health Division. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> working with kids that were stuck in the judicial system, um, it gave me a lot of great experience. I would have to say, and I mean no disrespect at all, that going from that intensive type of work, um, very hands-on, in-person, one-on-one, even through COVID, and then transitioning over here into Colorado and doing remote individual therapy, um, the cases are drastically different on the spectrum mm-hmm. of so, you know, in when I was an intensive in-home, I worked with, um, you know, when kids were pulled from the home and then also reunifications. Um, my very first session ever as a practicing therapist was very unique. Um, it's the story that I lead with in interviews sometimes <laughs> just to show, like, from day one, this is what I had to deal with. Um, so, uh, and, then, and then my first client here... Um, was processing someone who was managing through a, a breakup, um, which is hard to do, um, but it was just a different type of therapy, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the company I work for currently is nationwide, and so um, there are um, practicing therapists in almost all of the states, I believe, like it's in 40 45 or 46 states that wow. the company sits in. Yeah, that's rather large. It is rather large. And so um, I work 100% remote from my home. And so that's also been interesting to develop rapport with clients, you know, in that type of format. And um, the company I currently work for appears to be supportive, you know, because the transitional period was challenging living out here. And um, they were very supportive of, you know, when it came time to onboard clients to stagger them. So I wasn't hit with 30 clients all in one week, which would have been bananas. Um, I've noticed that working for a larger company, the paperwork is a lot more mainstreamed. Um, Notes have templates, which is nice. Filling in, you know, the spaces, whereas my DAP notes from being an intensive in-home therapist were like little novellas because that had to be documented. So, and then, yeah, it's like, what do you say? What don't you say? And here it is so vague. It's like, you know, process, triggers for anxiety, addressed utilization of coping skills, the end. Okay. I like that style a lot more. <laughs> but, um, it's so brief. I wanted to I wanted to go back a little bit. You were talking about um, it sounds like we had similar experiences moving from working with um, organizations, facilities, because I, I did a lot of work in facilities, uh, um, Salvation Army, drug treatment and all that. Sounds like mm-hmm. um, the way I experienced it was like the stakes are a lot lower, you know, seeing clients on the private side where it's like, yeah. and I feel, I thought it sounded like you conveyed the same thing. Like the, the clients were much, 
you know, less um, intense on the trauma side or, I, you know, because I yeah. work with, the clients I used to work with in, before getting licensed was all like childhood trauma, childhood sex abuse, all this stuff going on and just really heavy stuff. And like nowadays it's like, I have stress at work and I need help managing my, my stress and it, it's a lot, uh, I don't know, easier to manage. Is that what you were kind of getting at? Um, yes and no. I mean, um, so like as an intensive in-home therapist, it was more hours spent with per client. No. And so even though I had maybe six to eight clients, I had five hour sessions. So like wow. two, two, two and a half hour sessions a week. Um, but that was, so it was working really closely with the clients, a lot, definitely more intimate in setting. Um, with this format, I have currently 34 clients a week. And it's a lot because, you know, I, even though I have a two hour lunch break that I've scheduled for myself, um, my afternoons, I work from two to seven with five back to backs. And I'd have to say after I'm at, done with work, I don't want to talk to anybody. I know the feeling. <laughs> I do. That. I come home and my wife is like trying to tell me about her day. I'm like, oh, I can't. I really want to listen to you. <laughs> I really yeah, want to listen to how your day was, but I'm, I'm so, I'm so. Yeah, my ears are out. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's like attention. I feel like people don't view attention as like a finite resource, like a bucket, mm-hmm. your bucket of patience and like, um, or attention or, or you know, giving someone your, um, yeah, I guess your full attention and like, at the end of our work day, I feel like that's empty. Uh, for the most part. And, yeah. And yeah. I don't really know thing. how to, to fill it when I get home <laughs> so I can have extra for the kids and the wife. Sometimes I, you know, like one good practice I have is as long as the weather's good, I, um, after my last session, while the sun is still out, I'll go out and take a walk, um, you know, and just kind of like decompress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Because, you know, obviously I can't isolate myself the whole time. Um, sure. And then I find, like, if I take those few moments to decompress, I'm able to at least be somewhat present. <laughs> um, yeah. If I have to be, you know. Yeah. Well, this is like, um, I'm talking like, because you don't have, you know, you don't have people at home, right? It's. I have a cat and I've got some birds. <laughs> I don't them, but I have people in my in my community that I connect with on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times I've already kind of given them all the heads up. Like I'm not going to be as present. I I I probably only see um, other people outside of like going you know to the gym, um, which I don't talk to anybody there, um, but. Community and friends, um, maybe twice a week. Sundays are one of them because I don't practice on Sundays. And then um, probably one day out of the week, I'll, I'll have dinner with a friend and just to get away from work and be able to have socializing conversations. But then I also have to remind myself not to talk like a therapist when I'm with them. <laughs> Is that hard to, hard to make that transition um, yes and no. It really just depends if they are utilizing tree therapeutic services or not. <laughs> sure. 
Oh, so, sometimes you know, they, they come to you and yeah. want want services from you. <laughs> well, they want to talk. And I mean, you know, as a friend, that's what we do. We, we you know, um, vent to each other. But as a therapist, it's hard to sometimes be present while my friend vents, you know, about whatever. Um, mm. A lot of it is... Well, no, I can't even say that because everybody's got problems, so. True, yeah. You know, I was going to say a lot of it may be a little mundane, but then I just thought about my last two friends who came to me with some pretty fucked up <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Okay. Um, that's uh, the unprofessional part. <laughs> well, we'll I don't think edit like... it out. It's okay. Okay. I won't, I won't edit it out. I always... um. Like I, I, I don't know if you listened to the last one, but I told Barbara I would edit the part where she introduces herself and put it at the beginning. I didn't do that. I just, I just left it. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm very, as a practicing therapist, I tell all my clients, I'm very transparent. I'm not the type of therapist that is like looking down and, and I'm coming from this like, you know, higher place. I'm not. I'm a person who's coming from experiences that very well could be the same reasons why they're in session, you know? Um, I, when my clients use the word normal, I always kind of correct them and say, there is no normal, you know, everybody got something that they've been working through and life is always full of challenges. So I walk with you. I don't walk above you. I walk with you and you're allowed to talk whoever you want and say whatever you want in session when you're in session with me. Okay. Well, I'm sure that helps them feel real comfortable. That's what I'm told. <laughs> well, I have, a, I have a quick question. That, well, a quick question, but because um, you had a lot of roots in um, North Shore, right? So yes. I'm wondering, like, you know, you go into a place newly licensed therapist, but you're also new to the area. So how mm-hmm. does that? How has that experience been, as opposed to like if you were starting in uh, North Shore where you used to live? Like, is it extra, extra challenges? Actually, I would have to say it's been pretty easy because the when you live in a small community, everybody knows who you are. So there's that kind of situation that you have to navigate, you know, between being just a person in the community and then being a professional. Here, having the anonymity, I guess, is better for me because I feel like I have the space to be my myself outside of work and not have to be conscious of who I might run into at the grocery store or a restaurant. It's, it's vastly different. Um, where I live, cause I live deep in the mountains, but the, most of my clients are at least an hour away, um, in a completely different town. And so I, and then the referral system through this company that I'm working for, if there's an empty spot on my uh, schedule, they put somebody there. So, for example, last week on Tuesday, I had six intakes in a row. Oh. And, yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I find it to be easier because there's that, that space if that makes sense. Whereas yeah. like floor is a tighter knit community and, um, or even Hawaii in general, you know, is a very much smaller, um, place. And so there was oftentimes I would run into clients, you know, when I would be off of work and, um, 
I guess that whole anonymity part was a little bit more something I had to address there versus here. Yeah. So, um, the running into clients in North shore was, um, was that an awkward thing? Like, did, were you like, oh, do I say hi or, um, I so it depends on the client. I'm not going to lie. There were some, you know, that were court ordered. And so I wasn't their favorite person to see. Um, and so depending on the client, I would either, I always in session, I, you know, as a practice, we say to them, you know, in public, because to protect confidentiality, I may make eye contact with you, but I will not acknowledge unless you um, initiate. And so, so that's kind of my practice in general is like when we do the intakes and, and we start to get to know each other, I do tell all my clients even here that if I run into you in public to protect confidentiality, I'll make eye contact, but I won't initiate a greeting unless you initiate it. And then it'll be at your disposal who you want me to be. <laughs> like I could see, you know, um, an acquaintance. You can say I'm your therapist. You can just say my friend, whatever is comfortable. Um, however, there were a couple of clients like in Hawaii that, like I said, I wasn't their favorite person. So if I saw them, I might duck into another aisle. <laughs> sure. Okay. So that kind of that makes a decent segue to kind of uh, bridges with the last interview with Barbara um, talking about technology. and Because uh, it sounds like it's a little bit more beneficial for you in the sense that it helps create that distance you're talking about where you don't have to hmm. be like, um, not create that distance because the distance is already there, but being able to see right. clients online um, kind of keeps you in that um, an, an anonymity space. Anonymity? Anonymity. Yeah, I have a hard time saying that, saying that word. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, what are your thoughts on, on, you know, the technological aspect and if you think it's a, it's a net positive or a net negative? Well, um, so in 2020, when everything went remote, I was hugely against it. 100%. I hated it. Um, mostly because a lot of what I did before was to read you know, body language and behavior and observe, um, which is easier to do in person than um, remotely. Remotely, all I have are facial expressions, and a lot of times other people are on their cell phones. Uh, so, um, but the give and take is that now I am afforded the luxury of being able to work from home, and that gives me back some of my quality time, you know, versus having to drive to the office. It also adds a little bit more of that separation. I can almost guarantee that most of my clients, if they passed me in the street, would not recognize me mm-hmm. in person. So that I appreciate. I mean, there's always going to be technical, technical difficulties, like what we experienced earlier today, mm-hmm. um, where you know, speakers don't work or... Um, Sorry, I'm getting a little cold. <laughs> Where speakers don't work or, or you know, uh, why 
Wi-Fi or, or signal isn't strong. And that can, you know, those, that can be challenging. But for the most part, it's, it's about the talk. Um, I mean, I am going to be moving into, as I open up my own practice, which is slowly getting off the ground, Ooh. I am going to be moving into something that's called uh, walk and talk therapy, no. which is popular out here because of the environment. And um, I'm really excited about it. But, you know, that's going to be returning to meeting in person, which I feel is also beneficial because it is a more intimate setting. And I feel like people can be more vulnerable when you have that. On this kind of format, people have a, a tendency to kind of hide behind the screen in a way where they're not as vulnerable, you know? I mean, all it takes is a push of a button to disconnect a session. So, True. and that's often sometimes where, where it gets to a place of vulnerability in a session and they're not able to handle. And so, boop, they're gone. And, you know, I always follow up with a phone call, but nope. that is... So you've like, had people, like, just disconnect in the middle? <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> I actually I haven't, know, haven't yeah. had that before. That's, that's, that's got to be... It's got to be an uh, interesting experience. Well, I always follow up. So it's not like I entirely let them run away, you know. <laughs> sure. And, and I like, you know, my practice is to be transparent. So when I notice that someone's struggling, uh, I'll, I'll acknowledge that I see it and what can I do to help. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm going to, this is going to be a more succinct uh, interview, so... I'm going to move on to the, the wrapping up stage. I want to give you, um, if you would like to, an opportunity, like a self-promotion. So if you, you know, if, if how would you, um, sorry? I said I'm not quite there yet, but I'm working on it. Well, you have like a website, right? I mean, do you want to direct people to a website? Well, almost, but it will be hopefully by the next few days. I mean, I need a more tech-savvy person to just review it to see how it looks, and then I can publish it. But the website is ElementalTherapyCoColorado.com, and um, it's still... As I tell people, like, the business is open, but the furniture is not in the building yet. Soon. Okay. Uh, any... Um Anything else for the upcoming therapists of the world that you want to tell them, warn them about, encourage them? Um, well, there's a lot of people out there that need help. And at first I was a little intimidated about the number of therapists that were out there. But what I realized is that there's an even greater population that needs support. And I find, I think that whatever your modality is or whichever way you, you have a passion for connecting with people, just go with it. What, you know, but it's most important for you to find the niche that you're most comfortable with. And that's been something that's been really interesting for me to navigate um a perfect example is i honestly wouldn't mind returning to intensive in-home therapy um because i felt that i was really making a difference with the families that i worked with um this format is you know it is personal but at the same time it's a little less personal because it's you know sometimes it can be venting and but it, at the end of the day it's also still a job and that's important too <laughs> No, we all got <laughs> I'm surprised to hear that you would be you would want to go back to intensive in home. I mean, I, I think I understand your your reasoning, but I I just like I would never. I don't think I would ever go back to working with like substance abuse. 
I feel like this is it for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's more like, you know, working with the children um, aspect, working with child and welfare services and helping families reun- reunify. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, I only have like two cases that are like that, but they are the ones that I feel like I'm, I'm being the most impactful with. You know, the other... Um, place I like to work is in empowering individuals, you know, to overcome their challenges and to find the strength within to be able to move forward and know that they can handle it, you know. Um, they're not alone. You know, I, I'm like I said, I walk with them. And so it's just really important. The one unfortunate thing I have kind of run across is that I am passionate about doing this work. And there are some therapists out there that aren't. And it's and when I get like transfers from those those clients, it's really important for me to convey that, you know, I I genuinely want to be here for them as much as I can in session. Um, yeah. And it's not just a diagnosis. It's it's you know, getting to the root of the problem is key. So just yeah. A little bit of a, I guess, a side note, but I, um, working with a group practice has, has also made me realize that there are bad therapists out there. <laughs> that's that's all I'll say about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of like, are you sure therapy is the route you want to go? Yeah, I don't know and how it seems people like end up in this field sometimes. Like, you know, yeah. you're supposed to care about people, right? But <laughs> it's like you got to care about people. <laughs> that's the first thing. No, Number one. Yeah, not uh, the person. <laughs> True. But yeah, thanks for uh, joining me. Um, I think Absolutely. we're. Absolutely. My pleasure, always. Yeah, you got Hi, this is Michael Yadal from the Simple Truth Therapy Podcast. Thank you for checking out today's show. If you want to learn more about therapy, mental health, all that stuff, check out my website, simpletruththerapy.com. And thank you very much. Have a good day.